It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 121. We're going to rant about life a little bit right now and tell you about some engaging things. Hey, Megan. Hey, Seth. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm locked in a room. <sighs> locked in the house and I'm in the house bored. Locked oh, I the- hate that song so much. I'm in the house I, bored. I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. I hate that. It's a TikTok audio if you haven't ever heard that. Um, it blew up. And of course he has to throw the F word in there because it's TikTok and that's what everybody says, I guess. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop some inappropriate songs well, i forgot that, that, that that's one of the things that. about tiktok though it's all pretty much inappropriate yeah i mean we were talking earlier just how surprising it is the frequency of the use of the f word on tiktok yeah it makes you think that everywhere else in the world wait is that like normal now that we're just like dropping f-bombs when we're talking about pouring our cereal <laughs> right like, right it's what? like why are kids talking about this stuff right it's, it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a parent listening and you're going, oh, my kid's on TikTok. Yeah. That's what they're seeing. They're not seeing porn, but, yeah. uh, you know, there is, there is like a casual discussion about porn on there. Like it's just normal. And, yeah. and it's really, really unsettling to well, hear. Isn't that what social media kind of does is it normalizes behavior that we wouldn't normally, that we wouldn't like think about and like person to person but it just normalizes it because you see 10 people in a row yeah saying the same thing and you're like oh well i guess that's what we think now and we're all such sheep that we just go with the flow you know like oh well i guess that's that's right that makes sense yeah and i think that's that's super interesting because like we were talking about tiktok earlier and how all social media uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, you know, the, the five categories, Instagram that engages and why it engages, um, we have to kind of take a step back and accept the fact that we are contributing to this a little bit. Um, the social media algorithms all function kind of in the same way and, and different criteria for each, but they essentially want your experience on social to be what you want it to be. And while that sounds great and makes a good experience, it's also terrifying that social media is just trying to show me what I want to see and tell me what I want to hear. And that creates the echo chamber that you think you start to think like everybody in the world thinks what I do. It like takes confirmation bias, like the idea of confirmation bias and makes a system out of it. Yes. And so when yeah. I, when I, and TikTok's the worst because it's the most unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, but they we were, still show you like what you want to see. You had said something like how there's, you know, all this, how there is a lack of like good Christian content on TikTok. And I said, well, I see, I don't know if it's just because of what I like, but I see a ton of Christian content on TikTok. Yeah. No, I, I see a lot of Christian content on TikTok because that's what I like too. And so it started to show me that. Right. But I think what, I, what I'm thinking is, is that um, the reason that TikTok well, even social media and Gen Z and those that are involved right now, um, they don't have a, it seems like they don't have a real value set for what public decency is supposed to be over like a value for just being who you are, whatever that looks like, even if it's offensive. 
And even if I use the F word a lot, or even if I talk about porn casually, it's like, you know, other people can see this, right? I, I don't know that they care anymore. There's not a sense of shame. Right. There is like a sense of pride and being quote unquote raw and mm-hmm. authentic. Which is very dissimilar, I think, from the attitude you see on Instagram. Like on Instagram is almost the opposite. It's you only want to show the most positive, uh, clean, polished version of yourself. And that's what people think. I think it's changing a little bit, but it, and I think it's changing because of things like TikTok. Cause TikTok is the, is like the gutter of, of the, of social media. It really is. And I, and what's crazy is I, I watch it and, uh, and I find myself watching it for a long time. I really, you can really get into a, a black hole uh, and get sucked in on TikTok because it is entertaining. There are interesting things there. You do have some interesting, fun things going clips, on. clips, just like, man, they really pull you in. Yeah. And you could be 30 minutes in and still sitting on the toilet. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Always with the toilet humor. It always comes from the girl on this show. That's what's so funny. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Because it's real. That's not fair. I, I, I have my share of that. Oh man. But it's true. Cause you, you know, when like I saw this one TikTok, I think I mentioned it before where this kid goes, um, the first thing is, uh, I'll watch a few TikToks before I go to bed and he lays down and all of a sudden sunrise and he's like, Oh my gosh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's been on TikTok the whole night. He's just been watching it. True like, story. That's, that's so real. That's and, a true story. That is a really interesting comparison about how Instagram is about the curated, perfect picture Mm -hmm. and TikTok is the exact opposite. I hadn't really thought about that before. And I think it says something about who's there too and what they value. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for churches looking at, um, you know, churches have always been in the past 20, 30 years, at least about putting their best foot forward. And I think that this, this whole coronavirus, I said it, coronavirus issue is like, is it's really revealing kind of where we are with that is that we, we bought into that attractional model, putting our best foot forward, always impressing, always being, uh, you know, the perfect polished look that people can see that we're professional. We're not amateurs. And, and, uh, you know, there's a value to some of that, but we took it to a place I think now where we can't do any of that. And now we're like, what do we do online is raw we don't have the resources. We're trying to figure this out. Oh, we can't put our best foot forward. So what is, do we do? And is I it think, okay to do that? And it's like, yeah, is it okay? And so we're asking those questions, but like, that's kind of like Instagram and, or even Facebook too, but Instagram and TikTok and which demographic is present on those, those things, the people who are really looking for that type of polished, whatever tend to to lean towards an Instagram follow or whatever. And then all our Gen Z are like, who cares about that? We just want raw stuff. Mm -hmm. And so churches are like, who are we trying to reach? You want to reach Gen Z raw unfiltered seems to be a way higher value than professional polished stuff. Yeah. That was how you reached millennials. Yeah. And and, and millennials are now growing up, right? So they're the what 25 and up now is the millennial youngest millennial. The 39. I think it goes all the way to 39 to 239. What's the youngest on millennials? Do you know? I don't know. 27, 27 to 39 right now. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So I'm technically gen X, which I'm finding more and more pride in these days. You old man. (laughs) 
Because, because our like I can sum up Gen X, and if you're a Gen X, which is like the Star Wars generation, really like 77, 79, somewhere in there. I was born in seventy nine, so up to I don't know when that stops. Was it eighty four? Eighty four, somewhere in there. Um, so if you're born in that range, our our generation can kind of be summed up with this. Whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. Your generation. That's is our generation. Like I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna work hard. I know the value of work, et cetera, et cetera. But don't bother me, man. Whatever. Whatever you want to do, go do your thing. Just don't get in my way. That's funny. That's kind of our thing. It's like whatever. Some millennials. I don't even know what would sum up millennials. What would that be? I have no idea. I think only millennials can really define that. And honestly, I would say that you have to divide. I think you really. I don't know why we haven't done this, but uh, we should probably divide millennials in half. Into, I agree. Because it's, it's millennials is such a big chunk of time. I think that's an unfair change that happened. Yeah. And right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I like think it's an unfair thing. 20, like if you're 28, you probably always had a computer in your house mm-hmm. or you got a cell phone in high school. Yeah. Or junior high even. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm 34. So I didn't get a, a computer in my house until I was a senior in high school. Oh, wow. And then it was AOL. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, and yeah. I'd stay on AIM chat till 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, I did too. I, didn't, I only had a cell phone. I had a non, like, you know, it was just, it just dialed numbers. Mm-hmm. And it had like 10 minutes on it. So like if I got in an accident or I ran yep. out of gas or something, I'd call my dad. <laughs> like See, that was it. That was right. I was right before that. Because I... Um, we, uh, my first cell phone was a, was a, we called it a car phone. We didn't call it a cell phone. It was called a car phone. It had like 20 minutes on it. You know, some prepaid. Like the cigarette lighter thing. It was literally in a bag that you put in your car and only plugged it into the cigarette lighter to power it. And it was not for receiving calls. It was because it was like $5 or something in a minute to use that thing. And so you, I didn't even know what its phone number was. That's crazy. I, I don't even know it. It's like when I, I remember leaving at 16 for a date or to go to the, to, we had to go to the city near us. Our town was really small. And so we were going into Longview. Uh, I live in White Oak. And so we had to drive 15 minutes to get to the town where all the restaurants and everything were. Um, and it was really a big, big city. It was just, it was a little bit further away. So we, as we go, I remember my parents always going, take the bag phone, take the car phone, bag phone, take the bag phone. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. We shared it. We had one cell phone among the four of us. <laughs> We're the generation that knows what like a dial phone. A rotary. Like, or use a rotary phone. And we know how to use our cell phones really proficiently. Mm-hmm. It's just a very odd. Yep. Generational thing. And Gen X is really the last one that, that we, we felt like guinea pigs, to be honest. We really felt like um, so much change was going on around us. We felt it. Uh, I graduated high school in 97 and I remember that we got AOL. We didn't get AOL. We had like the AT&T or something. And then I had buddy list and all my friends at AOL. And I thought I was so, I'm so lame. I don't have AOL, you know? And it was like, cool. Yeah. All that stuff was going on. I remember when Google was announced and I was like, that's a fun name. I, I like that. I guess I'll start using that instead of web crawler. Or ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. And I'm like, this, all this happened when I was in my formative high school, college years. And so the generations now are so familiar with having everything in the palm of their hand. Um, mm-hmm. I often make a joke, like, 
we got to try really hard not to keep our brain in our hand and, and, and actually learn things and memorize things and, and, and use our, use our minds to, to grow. But it's, it's such a different aspect when you think about how social media platforms, um, what they focus on. Um, if you look at what TikTok is, if you look at what, what Snapchat is, which I don't even have Snapchat, I, I totally just skipped that one. That's um, wise. Yeah, I thought so. Um, to what Snapchat for? Well, Snapchat was originally created by two fraternity brothers so that girls could send them naked photos that would disappear. So, I know. I'm just saying, that's why I'm saying, what do you need Snapchat for? I don't. Like We, yep. we don't. We don't need it. It's, uh, it's, it's really, I mean, everything it does, Instagram does, and they stole, and they had good ideas. I mean, Instagram obviously stole stories and things like that from them. And I think they've just said, yeah, we saw it. We oh, liked yeah. it. We took it. We did it. Have really, really good filters though. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> really good filters. And and even with Instagram, I think Instagram is one of the, and we got the Insta Summit coming up, which is going to be a huge deal. And I'm very excited about it, putting it together. It's the 27th, of April 27th through 29th, uh, free. Go to the instasummit.com, get a ticket, may as well plug it in. A lot of now. really awesome people are talking at it. Yeah, you're talking at it. Talking at it. That's why I said that, man. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm talking <laughs> at it. We're going to talk <laughs> at it. You've got Dave Adamson. You've got Haley. Like, you've got some really. Not, not Dave. Dave's not there, but Haley's there. I thought he was. No, he's not there. He couldn't make it. Oh, uh, bummer. Okay, so you've got Haley. Haley is going to be there. And then um, some, it's, it's a lot of people you may not have heard of, too, that have been. Instagram influencers, they know how to grow a following. They know how to do promotionals. Mm-hmm. Um, you may find some business owners there, people that have grown a following and, and sold products through it. Um, Which ultimately, at the end of the day, those are the best people to learn from. They really are. They, right. they understand the platform. And right. and this is, this is what I was going to say a second ago. I forgot about this. Um, I think that with churches, one of the things that we forget to do is to make goals and just set up like, what are we even trying to do with our social media? And, and that's what these professionals, why they, I mean, I'd say 85 to 90% of why they win with any platform is because they have a clear understanding of what they're trying to do. And I think for most churches, social media, even if we're thinking about it all the time about content, I remember being a social media director for a church. And I think, I got to admit, there was a lot of times where I was posting because I know I'm supposed to. And it's like, what am I trying to accomplish here? For me, I always had these in the back of my mind. I wanted conversations. I wanted connections. I want people to feel certain things. But I didn't have really an organized strategy on how I was doing that. I was just creating content that did that. Well, I think sometimes when we're in the church world, there can be that this tension of if I have a strategy and goals, like especially if they're numerical goals, mm-hmm. it can feel impersonal or it can feel yes, um, like too markety or manipulative or just like this. How can discipleship like you ask that question? Mm-hmm. How can discipleship also look like marketing? Like how can marketing look like discipleship? Yeah. Right. So you hold, you have to hold that tension. And I think all too often we don't know how to, how to answer that question. So we just kind of like put it to the side and we don't address the goals or the KPIs. We don't have those because they feel weird and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to mix it with church. And so we just don't even, we just, we just don't even touch it because we can't answer that question. Right. Right. And I think, I think part of that is that we think, and we've been told that the ultimate goal of social media is to get people to attend our services. And I, I think that's a, it's not a good goal. 
And, and that sounds crazy to say that because you're like, well, what's the point then? Well, exactly. that's what senior leaders care about. They care about, well, how is this going to help put butts in seats? Yes. And it's like, well, we can do that with social. Yeah. But that's really more of a byproduct of successful goals with social media. Like if you're, if you're hitting goals that social media is really designed to hit, then butts in seats will be a byproduct of hitting those goals. Well, and I think if there's ever a time that has proven that butts in seats does not equal success. Yep. It's now. Absolutely. I saw, I read an article this morning about how over half, half of the churches in America have seen growth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, think I posted no, that too. I, I shared that this morning. In my, that in you that posted it? I've seen a, a couple places uh, have seen growth since not being able to hold services in their building. And it's just like, you, like we can grow outside of our building. Mm -hmm. And like if we're, if we're spreading the message of Jesus and helping people understand and know the person of Jesus more, that is success. Even if they're not physically sitting in our seat, we are successful. Yeah. And we're doing it. I, I think that putting butts in seats is too broad of a goal for social media. I think too broad of a goal and too out of touch with current realities. Yes. And I, and I think you'll get those if you focus on some important things. So I think that's a good segue into kind of our, our topic really is, today um, about really with Instagram specifically, this kind of these apply really for any social media, but we're going to kind of put it in the context of Instagram, especially since the Insta Summit is coming up. And I really think churches should maximize their growth on Instagram. I really do. Because you're talking about like, well, that's for young people, young people between the ages of 25 and 39 who have little kids. Those are your young families you're trying to reach, right? Well, Look at your insights. See what the average age of the of the person following gosh, you is. It's the third largest platform and it's the fastest growing one right now. And it's people like you and me that are on that, that have little kids or have teenagers even. And I'm I'm trying to connect with people on Instagram. I, I use Facebook for very personal stuff. I have groups that I go on. I, I don't remember the last time I posted anything to my profile, like a status update. I don't remember the last time I've done that. Look for work. And only work. Yeah. I use it for connections, uh, for work and for things that I'm interested in. Um, I get updates from my church through the group that we're in. I hardly ever see the page because Facebook doesn't really want you to unless they pay for it. Right. So I'm not, I use messenger a lot. Uh, yeah, I do. you know, so I mean, Facebook just doesn't function like churches use it. We think it's a content creation platform and it's really not. It's a place where you can create content, but if you're not paying for it with your page, then probably nobody's really seeing it and unless I'm they're sharing it business pages like a google business page people are going there to see what time you're open where you're located yeah. what you're about like what the inside of your church looks like so they know what to expect mm -hmm. but they're not getting regular content it's like a home page it's almost like there's two two internets right now you know there's there's the internet where you search things through google and you need that set up for your page and then there's the internet you search through facebook and you need mm -hmm. that set up for your page. You need a page for those. Like, it's kind of like two internets. But two internets. Two internets. That's um, <laughs> two internets. That's what we need a shirt that says. <laughs> Hashtag two internets. <laughs> Nobody would understand that whatsoever. Anyway, I digress. Um, so let's talk about setting up some goals on Instagram. I think you really should launch into it. And if you're not on there yet and really trying to understand this platform, it is, in my opinion, the easiest way to reach your people and new people organically without paying for it right now. 
Um, and, and eventually as more people show up, it'll change and it, that might not be the case anymore. But I think Instagram has so many different ways to connect with people. And I think that we have, we've seen it as this place where, like we said before, it is our best foot forward. It is a polished look. It is a curated feed, it, et cetera, et cetera. I think those days are gone. I think they're going and it is a place to connect with your people in so many ways. You look at stories, DMS, uh, your feed is an album post. It's a place for micro. I mean, just all kinds of great stuff we're going to talk about. So let's talk about some goals first, uh, and how to do that. And my, my first tip for setting up, like, what are we even doing with Instagram is to work backwards. And that means start with what you want to see done on Instagram. What do you want people to do? I'll tell you, for my Instagram account, I, I recently went through this whole thing and Megan, I set it up where I'm like, okay, I want people to visit my profile and I want them to click my link. So as I know that that's my goal, I need to create content that drives people to do that. Yep. Right. I, and that's all I want them to do. Just go to the link and, and click this thing and then they'll find whatever it is that I've put out there. Uh, something that I'm think that I'm thinking of, I'd love you to answer this. So when we're thinking about goals and what we're wanting, like what, why, like, why does, why do you want that? Why do you want people to go to your profile and why do you want people to click your link? What's, uh, what's the goal behind that? Because I want to use my Instagram account and I'm, I'm going to pull back the curtain here. I want my Instagram account to help me build an email list. Uh, I want to sell products that help me make money. Yep. So I have t-shirts and things that I can drive people to that store uh, that are silly, fun t-shirts. And I'm working on some new ones. I can't wait to show those, but I'm trying to put out some, you know, products that I can sell. And if you have a church and you're not, you know, at least finding ways to get people to, um, you can use printify and, and set up a t-shirt store and they'll do all the shipping. You just design it and they ship it to the people, et cetera. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, setting up something like that, for your church to have representative gear is something that any church can do right now. It's, it's very easy to set up, go to Printify or you can do Shopify or you can do Printly or whatever it is you want to use a lot of different options, but I want them to go to that link because it's a deeper engagement on Instagram. It drives them to the other things that I'm doing. I want people to join my Facebook group because that's, I think Facebook group is like a, a deeper level of connection than an Instagram follow. Um, so I see my Instagram is like top of funnel, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so I want them to go to that link so they can engage with me at a deeper level and then also make money. And I also want to drive traffic to blogs, podcasts, et cetera, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all at that one link. So how can some of these goals, like, how can we translate that into church world? So list building is kind of like, that's kind of. That mm-hmm. makes sense, right? You're, we're all yep. working on email marketing is something that we as a, you know, most churches are doing fairly frequently. We might not be doing this yeah. super well because there's a lot of different ways to be doing email marketing and different purposes and goals, especially if you want to start, you know, digging deep into like segments and mm-hmm. um, different lists or whatever. But um, so list building kind of makes sense. That feels fine to me, but like sales yeah, or um, branding or awareness, like, how, how, how does that translate into the church world? That's not like, Oh, I just want to look awesome. 
Yeah. Well, if you're driving traffic to the link, that's where that's the type of content that you're asking people to do something. That's almost an announcement. That's almost a, an ask. It's an ask post, which you don't do a lot. Um, if you can get people to go to your link because they were interested in something else, that's even better. But, um, I think for churches, if you've got a podcast, if you've got, you know, gear and stuff to sell, great. If you've got classes you're trying to fill, if you've got uh, Zoom meetups and you want to send them to a link that's secure, you can put it there instead of putting the actual link out there so hackers don't come in and try to drop porn in your Zoom meeting, which has been happening. Um, that's why that Zoom changed everything. So now you have to have a password and that's default because yeah. um, that was becoming a problem. Zoom has been awesome through this whole thing, by the way. I just want to praise oh them for gosh. a second. They've responded. They go, hey, we were a small company, not ready for this. Everybody's using us. We're so thankful, but we understand that our platform really wasn't made for this kind of mass use in all these ways. And so we've responded by changing our policies and fixing things so that it's more secure and et cetera, et cetera. So they've done, they've been awesome. I hope they keep yep. it up. Um, yeah. And giving it to free for free to educational. Yes. Places, you know, educational, educational places. Yeah. Educational places. You um, know, those places that are, that help, educate. They help you learn good. <laughs> they uh, help you learn things. <laughs> so I think, I think those kinds of things with churches are, are valuable and driving to a, to a link, but you, you can check those, um, whatever your goals are, you got to set up these, what we call KPIs, which are key performance indicators. In other words, how do I know that I'm reaching my goal? Right. What am I going to look at that tells me that I'm, I'm reaching that goal? Well, obviously if I want people to go to my profile, then I can go into my Instagram insights I can select my content and I can filter it by how many of these posts uh, and it'll show me these posts that uh, on each post, how many times did it drive people to go to my profile link on those posts? And I can look at those numbers and if I'm charting those, unfortunately there's not a great way to chart Instagram as far as like spreadsheets and stuff. So you have to kind of manually enter it, but you pick which ones of those insights you want to check every week or every month and I recommend every month and just see how you did on average to raise those numbers. And then once you have those key performance indicators, you set benchmarks, which are right now, 6% of our posts are, you know, driving traffic to profiles. So we want to raise that to 10% and you try to hit those numbers and do things that match. So it's a, it's a strategy that you think about through the whole goal of trying to drive people to the profiling. One of my other ones is to entertain and I feel like I have just been terrible at this in the last couple months. And so this whole week, I've just been putting stuff out that I think is funny. And, and honestly, the numbers have been kind of insane. Yeah. Cause that's what people want. You're giving people, you're giving the people what they want. Yeah. You know? and, and so as a church, you're thinking like, why would I put out entertaining things? Well, that's like, why, why would we focus on having fun? Gosh, that seems stupid. Does it, you know, I mean, does it really, I mean, churches aren't, aren't fun. I, well, I have I think a lot that, of fun. That is even, if you really wanted to tie it into something serious, I mean, you could tie that into branding because yes. that's what we're about, right? Like mm -hmm. we're not, you know, we're not gonna, you know, hunker down and like suffer in our sorrows. Like we're going to do what Jesus did and we're going to find joy. Yeah. It's like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't you dare freaking smile. <laughs> like that makes no sense to me. And your public persona that you come across on Instagram is not joyful. 
Yeah. It could be inspiring. Yeah, okay. It could be helpful. It could be, you know, kind. It could be all those good things, but it is almost never joyful. And I love finding churches that just kind of get that and they're okay mm-hmm. with it. It's a, t- it's a tough line to walk, but memes and things like that can, are a little bit okay. I mean, they're okay. It's, it's fine, but you don't have to always make everything either. You can always curate things and find things. That's all I've done. I found stuff that I thought was funny and I shared it. It wasn't even mine. The content that I'm working hard to make is performing way lower than content. I'm just finding and sharing. One of the reasons I follow Kristen Bell is because she posts other people's funny content. Yes. And that's she fine. Doesn't, she doesn't even come up with it. Yeah. But I'm like, she really finds funny stuff. <laughs> and so I follow her because she finds funny stuff. My goal, yeah. my goal right now on Instagram is to make, maybe make two posts a week, but post every day. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's like, that's why I'm stretching myself, right? I'm trying to grow there. Um, but we'll, and we'll talk about the different types of posts that you can you can make that really do engage well uh, for churches. But uh, I think if you don't have some goals set up, what are you trying to do? What ultimately do you want people to do? Do you want them to laugh? Do you want them to enjoy your church? Do you want them to uh, click links? And you can set all those up as goals. You can have more than one. Um, what are you trying to do with social media? And essentially, it needs to be things that you can do on social media. The, the, the harder jump is I want people to show up to my service from a social media post. Well, if they inter- interact with your social media post at 1130 PM on a Friday night, there's a good chance they're going to forget all about going to your church service Sunday morning, right? So what value did you bring to them at 1130 on Friday night? That's what you have to think about with your goals, that, that most of what you're doing is going to have to answer goals like that not goals like where are we trying to get them to go? Uh, next level up might be clicking to sign up for some email list or text list or something like that, but uh, where you can, I'll, I'll, I'll get this later kind of deal. But Well, I think you could break that down, if the whole like getting them to go. You could break that down to develop trust mm-hmm. with my followers. There you go. You would just figure out the things that, that build trust and do those. Mm-hmm. Like if you build trust, you build relationship, you build relationship, they're going to want to show up yes. if they can, if they're local to you. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the church we're at now, I interacted with them on social and just kind of looked around. They didn't know I was doing that. I was stalking them, but I just was checking them out. And as I, the more I saw, the more I felt very comfortable going to that church. But if yeah. they didn't have any of that, I'd be like, wow, they don't get it. I wouldn't have shown up. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You're not you're gonna you're not gonna tell me how to navigate this world when you don't even live in the digital side of it, which is the big part of it. And a church that can't navigate that, I'm like, I don't trust you to tell me how to how to live my life in a Christian way. Half of it's online. You're not even there. So right. anyway, I digress again. But I would set up these goals, set up your KPI for each goal, and then your benchmarks. Like what are what are we actually measuring, and then what do we want it to say? We're at 6%. We want 10%. We have 50 likes on average. We want 75 likes and be realistic about that. You can't go, we want, we got 50 likes a week. We want to raise that to a thousand this month. You know, it's like, that's not going to happen. You know, be realistic. All right. It has to be a realistic, realistic goal. And once you hit that reassess, set a new goal and grow some more. You, you have to constantly be looking at these things. You can't just set them and forget them because uh, who knows what will happen. Who knows when another COVID-19 might happen and change everything about this. So you and have to be ready to roll it. Also, your goals can change from season to season. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is a right. great point. 
right now your goal might be list building, but then you get to a place where you're like, okay, we're getting, we're at a really comfortable spot. Uh, we're getting a good amount of people where our open rates are, are doing really well. We have other <laughs> avenues for list building outside of our Instagram account. So you might shift that to something like branding, like, man, okay, mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of people on our list, but they're not opening up our emails. So we need to let people know that we have good things to say that they want to hear. Yeah. God, that's brilliant. Right? That's brilliant, Megan. I mean, if you look at your year, think about what people are doing throughout the year and it changes your goals, right? I mean, during the summertime, you may decide that since we're already low attendance, let's focus on it. I think that's less, I don't think that's great. You could try it, but at least you're doing something on purpose, right? Uh, For fall, man, it is back to school. It is get signed up for stuff. That is when you want to hit your best stuff. You want to throw, get everybody set up on list. You want to sign up for classes, because they're deciding pretty much what their whole school year is going to be like. Yeah. Connecting. That's great. Christmas time, everything slows way down. So really you just want to focus then on like, are we getting impressions? Are we finding new people? Are we, you know, really, so maybe your fall is like your focus on your people and then your winter is focused on new people. And then first of the year, it's like, let's do some inspirational stuff, uh, some growth, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you hit that spring break and lots of breaks in the spring. And then every church has its own rhythm. Right. Yeah. Like I think rhythms that are just kind of generic and mostly apply to most churches, but your church in particular will have its own rhythm of like this, like we're in Michigan and in Michigan, we are surrounded by lakes. So our summers, everybody, like half the population goes to the lakes mm-hmm. every weekend. Most people have lake houses, even if they're little dinky places, they have lake houses. Yeah. And so summer just has to look really different, right? For yeah. a church because their attendance drops in half. Mm-hmm. And you, summer. and you may focus like your, your whole branding. And this is something new for me too, is that I was always like, let's keep create this one cohesive brand that lasts all year long. Well, you know, maybe not, maybe there's some flexibility there in colors and things like that. You might focus more on your brighter colors in summer and your more grays and blues in the winters or, you know, things like that, that you can match what's kind of going on because color plays a huge part. And I know that when I was trying to do things for, uh, for churches, I would try to get like, everything has the same branded colors in it. And it was all in the, in the name of getting that, that aesthetic feed, you know, the grid wall, which no one cares about, but you. Yeah. I think you care about it way more than new people do. Ooh. Some people may go to your profile and see it and go oh, pretty cool. But ultimately I really don't think it matters as much anymore. I think there's going to be people at the Insta summit disagree on that. So they'll give you their, their housing wise. I love my grid, mm-hmm. but ain't nobody else caring about my grid. Like I care about my grid. Yeah. And that's why I'm looking at mine now. I was trying for the grid. I was trying to do some things. I'm just like, like I said, this past week, I posted a bunch of random stuff that doesn't look good at all next to each other, but those posts have done well. And they've really hit me, helped me hit more of my goals than somebody else is telling me that my goal should be a nice grid. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, who the crap cares what other people think about what your Instagram should be? You should figure out what works to connect and hit these goals for your people. Right. And and if your goal is to be a church that globally is recognized as being aesthetically pleasing, like some, fine. But if you've got 400 followers, buddy, it don't matter. you need a new goal. That's just not going to yeah. work. 
Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm a rant. I could rant on that for a long time, but set up your goal, set up your key performance indicators. How are we going to tell if we're winning? And then what are we shooting for? Some hard, real goals, like some numbers and use your, your Instagram insights to really mark those. I would say every, if you wanted to come in every Monday and say, I'm going to fill in my numbers from the weekend on Instagram and where we are now, that's a good thing to set an alarm or a, a calendar thing or something that reminds you. Or just do it once a month at least, so you can tell how things have gone. Uh, right now, since I've made such a such a different change on mine, I'm charting every every Monday to see how I'm doing, and um, so I'm I'm going to be doing it that way. But it depends on what you want to find out. Yeah, that's what I would do. Is I I did every week, I did every Monday, and then I'd also take note of the top performing post. Yes. Every week. Yeah. So that we know. Oh, this is the thing that most people wanted to see, and if and and over time, I could sense a trend, mm -hmm. right? Like maybe it was, you know, diving deeper into scripture, like eight out of 10 was when I dove deep into scripture. Oh, so people really want to see more here Yeah. about scripture, right? Right. Maybe I should stop posting cute pictures of kids and post more scripture. Yeah. But, and I think, uh, I think these categories, these types, it's good to have like these five categories is what we're going to post in order to hit these groups, hit these goals. It sounds like you're locking yourself into something, but you're not. You're actually freeing yourself up from the question of what do I post today? You that when you're, when you're asking that question a lot, it's because you don't have, you don't have a plan. I'm showing. What you got? I wish you could see this video, everyone listening, but I'm showing a, a grid that I have for Instagram that uh, along the top are caption categories. Okay. On the left are photo topics. Interesting. Jasmine Starr does this. So it's so easy. It makes cleaning out your content so easy. You pick, you know, five to seven things. This is what we talk about. And I would make them a mix of um, like about you, like, like who, like introducing their church. This is who we are. This is what we believe. These are the hills we die on, blah, 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 blah. Make some of them like supportive information. These are our ministries. These are um, the outreaches that we have, this is, uh, our numbers for the weekend and, you know, how successful this particular thing that we did was. Yes. And then I would make some other parts of it, just straight up relationship, connection, engagement right. or whatever, no purpose, but relationship and engagement. Well, that's the purpose. Relationship's the purpose. Yes. Yes. I want, I want to create a, a feeling of connectivity with you. Yes. That's it. And I'm talking about this a little bit in the Insta summit. So I'm giving a little bit of a way, oh, but cool. that was one of the things I was talking about was you could, you know, you create these caption categories and then photo topics. So your photo topics might be uh, stage pictures. Mm. It be volunteers. So you would maybe pair volunteers with behind the scenes and you're showing how communion gets set up. That's good. Right. Like, and it just makes, it just makes creating content so simple and allows you to hit your goals really easily because you're not having to do all of this mental legwork yeah. of what, what do I take a picture of and how do I talk about it? What do I say about it? You know, mm -hmm. you want to hear something really weird. Uh, um, that's an incredible rubric to run things through. Um, when I'm listening to people talk about Instagram, I often feel like, okay, that's a really great tactic. Um, one of the key indicators of your content is going to be some of the demographics that you look at. And 
to really understand that, um, most of the time you'd probably assume like, Oh, obviously Instagram's for women. Like mm-hmm. Instagram is, is predominantly women on there and they're the ones that win. They're the ones that succeed. They're the ones that follow each other. And, and it's, it's a high population of women. When I looked at my insights, I found that 55% of my audience are men. Yeah. Which is, that's the, that's the majority. That's like over half of my audience is men. I mean, most people would probably look at their church insights and go, who are, who are our audience? It would be like in the 70% women that changes kind of the style of what you do it should sure. you know yeah. and, and 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 so you're looking at some of these demographics to inform what types of content will probably work my my uh followers are 20 i have two columns age groups that are really really big and they're really close and it's the 25 basically 25 to 45 is is the chunk and i think that you probably look at your church instagram and go yeah, that's about what we have. That's really the bulk of, of ours too. Which is, is the bulk of probably, well, it depends on your church, but like, that's probably who you're trying to reach or hoping to reach. Right. And it tells you a lot about who's on Instagram, not just who's on it in general in America, but who's on it with you and who's following you. So those kinds of things are very helpful insights to creating the goals that you're trying to set for this and how to, to check and see how are things. Cause when you start having a strategy, those demographics might actually change. And if they change, you look and go, wow, our content is affecting who we're reaching. And so you start when, to see how it all goes together. When I was at a social media week, Chicago, back when, when it was like acceptable to be in person yeah. places, yeah, with, you know, next days. to other human beings. I remember those days. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Um, <laughs> One of the things that they talked about that I thought was really interesting and I, I has always stuck with me and I keep, you know, coming back to this is they did this really uh, intensive study about what men liked, what they engaged with and what mm-hmm. they followed and what women liked and engaged with and followed. And turns out, I mean, men have specific things, women have specific things, but, but basically when it all boiled down at the end of the day, Men engaged with like how to mm-hmm. stuff, sports, humor, and anything that made them sound like they knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Expertise. Women basically engaged with everything. Oh, wow. So especially if it had a puppy in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but the, their whole point, I mean, there were specific things for women too, but for a church, you're, you know, you're not making makeup right? Like you're not trying to appeal just to one particular gender. Like you're wanting to appeal to both. So for a church, like I always have in the back of my mind, if you make your content like geared towards male, females will interact. If you gear it towards female, males will not. Right. Yep. That is a, a lot of churches, especially church plants, they have this strategy. They try to reach men. And, yeah. and that's like, oh no, that's sexist. No, it's not. It's, it's exactly what you're saying is that if you get the men, the women will come. If you well, get the women, the, the men may not care. And yeah. the, the, the thinking has always been that women run the house. And so if the woman wants to go to church, everybody's going to church. And that's not really the case. Mm-mm. It's not really the case, yep. especially on social media. It's not the case. You're not going to attract because you're, you're working individuals there, but, um, on social media, you can't think about social media. Like you think about who's coming to your in service in person service. Yeah. 
It's very different. All right, well, let's jump into the five types of engaging posts real quick, because I know that that's probably going to be in the title of this and we haven't talked about it yet. So <laughs> it's important <laughs> we get to that. Sorry to make, it's been like minute 45 and we still haven't talked about it. Um, <laughs> but we've hit on a couple of these and you'll, you'll see them. So I'm just going to le- read the list really quick and then we'll go back through uh, five types of posts that tend to be really engaging no matter what really on social media and kind of these are the five categories I would really focus on as a church, to be honest. They're not always just like, um, it, this is not like, this is from a study I got of what is easily shareable. Uh, New York times did a study. Um, and I've talked about it several times before, but how, what types of content do people enjoy sharing? And that tends to be the most engaging types of post. So, um, this is what, the, this is what they had entertaining, uh, questions or interactive uh, polls, that kind of thing, interactive posts, inspiring posts, uh, representative posts, and connective posts. So we'll go through, let's go through real quick of what these are. Entertaining or kind of fun. They make anything that makes you smile, feel lighthearted, brings up nice, you know, smiley type feelings. I don't know how to talk about it like that. Smiley type feelings. Smiley type feelings, you know. Uh, question interactive is like your questions, your polls, something that involves the audience, but ask, but I would say ask it relevant questions. Um, and then, uh, inspiring is like moves them to feel something, uh, make a change, mm-hmm. do something, um, uh, testimony intera- videos, testimony. Yeah. Things like that. A representative is more like, here's who we are or something I can, I can say, wow, that's how I feel, but they said it better. So I'm going to share it with others. So they'll understand how I feel those types of posts. Um, and then connective are basically your announcements. Honestly, it's ways to connect with other people. Uh, so let's, let's go through it real quick. Entertaining. What are some examples of entertaining posts, Megan? What do you, what do you think? Well, those are your, those are your memes, right? Memes. Do you you remember the running man challenge from a few years ago? Uh, no, I don't. It was like a dance. The running man challenge was like a, I don't, I, you know, anyway, everybody was doing the running man challenge. And so we had our pastors do the running man challenge, like mm-hmm. across our stage into the office. And then the last little scene was like the whole yeah. staff doing it in one spot, you know, yeah. pointless, quote unquote, pointless, right. except it was super entertaining and people loved it. Yeah. A lot of behind we- the scenes type posts can go this way pretty easily. Because it's fun to see what people on church staff are doing all day. They all think that we just sit in our office and kind of and just pray until it's time to come out and speak. You know, that's what they think your pastor does. You do, man. It, it, you know, we're like these monks that live in isolation until it's time to get out in front of people and say and speak for 45 minutes for the first time all week. You know, uh, it's not. It's There's so many things that go on in a church staff. And, sp- and I've had a lot of fun being on church staff. Well, and everyone likes to feel like an insider. So bringing them in on what's happening and Mm -hmm. it's just, that's fun. Everyone wants to know. That's why why celebrities are, that's why People Magazine is so popular. People, everyone wants to know what everyone else is doing. They want to know what you're like. They want to know you. They want to feel like they know you. And it's like, if you've never had an interaction with me, but you've watched some of my more entertaining or personal stuff on Instagram if we ever met in person and this has happened, I've met people that have been followers of mine. They're like, Hey, I love your stuff. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. And we get, we feel like we already kind of know each other. They definitely feel like they know me a little bit, even if I have no idea who they are, who they are. Oh, friends with Amanda from Johnny swim. Oh yeah. So best friends with everything about her. I know what she likes to cook. Exactly. I know what time she wakes up. I know all her kids' names. I, 
listen, they made some really, really yummy stuff this weekend. And I was, yeah, look delicious. You know, like if, I know you, all those things. If you have on your church's about page, we're a come as you are, you know, be comfortable dress down place, something like that. This is the way that you prove it. You can post these kinds of things on your social. You can put these on Instagram and it makes people feel that way when they show up because you're on social media. I like to think of it as a place where you're creating the culture of your church digitally. So whatever it is you want people to feel when they're there, that's what they need to feel on social media and entertaining posts. If you're having a, if your church is fun, you have fun people, you have, you, you have fun on staff, you have fun people that are volunteering or it's part of your DNA. Uh, if you're not putting that on Instagram, putting that on social, I feel like you're kind of lying about who you are because uh, I'm going to show up and go, wow, this place is really more relaxed than I thought. Well, that's that, that that works in your favor. That's a positive in a way, but it also is, you know, you haven't been completely forthcoming with who you are. Well, uh, then you're not going to attract the people that are looking for that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like you don't have this. Here's something I keep coming back to. Can I just like, can we just throw this out here real fast? Sure. Okay. I keep coming back to how we try to be a catch-all yeah. for everyone, right? But, like, I'm going to go to the church that feels familiar. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, like, I don't think the church that maybe is a little more loose. No, loose is the wrong word. Yeah. A little more. Relaxed. Relaxed than my familiar is bad. Or the church that is a little more uptight on the uptight, not uptight's <laughs> negative, but more like a traditional yeah. is bad. You know, it's not like we need all the whole spectrum of personality of churches. Yeah. And it's okay for you to figure out what that is for you and just be that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, it, it is just, okay to be like, we're not going to be the funny place. Yeah. If, like if that's not you. Right. Don't do it. If if you have a congregation that's very serious, uh, that is very, uh, I tend to associate this, and this is probably not fair, but I tend to associate this with more traditional, more liturgical. But because I know, but I know people that are on staff and they go to those churches. They're very fun people. But your church, when you go to it, does not have that element in it. You know, it is not part of it unless the pastor makes an offhand joke and then it's this nice little fun bright spot and then you go back to normal. That's not being part of your DNA. That's just an happenstance, right? Mm-hmm. Part churches that have this part of their DNA are the ones that have YouTube channels and you know that do challenge videos and and that kind of stuff can really engage well on social. But if that's not who you are, then yeah, don't worry about it. But I think those kinds of posts do work well. I think Instagram Stories is a great place for that type of thing. Um, well, even, even Instagram stories and those posts, you can utilize all of those really well without mm-hmm. being goofy if yeah. you don't want to be goofy, but be, if, if that's what people are engaging with and that's, then do that, you know, just do, mm-hmm. you do you, right? Yeah. And do what connects with people where they are. And that's honestly, right now you come to social media, you're not coming to social media to learn things. You're not coming to social media to find things to do later. You're not coming to social media to figure out what you think about theological issues. You're coming to social media as a distraction from those things. And you want to have fun. You want to enjoy it. That's what most people show up for. They want to connect with friends and family, see what's going on in their lives, have a little fun, enjoy it, they want, and that's why the algorithms are what they are. And because and, that's the point of it. So you come in, you're like, Hey, here's something real serious to think about. You're like, oh, okay. All right, cool. You might get some engagement, but 
if you're not in doing it in a fun way, it's going to be very difficult for people to engage with that and want to see it. And True. sorry if you don't like that. That's just kind of how it is. You have to figure out how to work within those parameters. But let's move on to uh, questions and polls, interactive stuff. Um, stories are incredible for this. Oh my gosh. So good for this. Cause there's so many stickers that, that questions and polls stickers that built in. ask people to engage. If you're wondering what the point of making something that dies in 24 hours and disappears, that's it. The engagement is so high and it's one-to-one because those responses end up in your DMS, mm-hmm. your direct messages. So you can respond as a church to them directly and then even share those responses to encourage more people to share. Uh, it's just a great the, tool for it. Here's the cool thing about that is that once you are able to initialize, like initiate that DM relationship, mm-hmm. when they really need something, like when you're asking about prayer requests, mm-hmm. for example, and they really need it, they're going to be more likely to turn to you. Yes. Because they already have in a fun, lighthearted way. Like, right? Like, we never really start off a friendship by, um, why don't you share with me your deepest sorrow? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we, right. like, go get a cup of coffee or we, like, play a game of basketball mm-hmm. or we go watch a football game together. It's like, like we hi, do something fun and I'm Seth. What's your deepest fear? Yeah. What? Uh, what is the childhood trauma that haunts you to today? Yeah. No, we don't do that. Which I think brings us to an important, important point about this is that you need to ask relevant questions, uh, good questions. And, you know, it's fun to say like, what's, what's your favorite burger, that kind of thing. Sure. But I would ask the, what's your favorite burger if you're having a churchwide picnic. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like connect the dots for people. The random questions had their day where they were effective. And I think that's over. I think having some kind of reason to ask the question is more important than just asking the question. I think churches are going, I'm asking all these questions, but nobody's responding. And it might be because they think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. I hate, I hate yeah, to say I hate it for that anymore. Yeah. It's like, why are you asking me what my favorite pizza topping is? Why are you asking me that? You're a church good question. This isn't mine. I'm stealing it, but here's a good question. What do you think we should talk about on the weekends? Ooh, Ooh, cans open, worms everywhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But if you really want to know what you should be thinking about, you will find out quick because they would love to tell you that. Right. All right. So the other type of, let's go to the inspiring type posts. The churches should do this really well. Inspiring posts, scripture, quotes, things like that. These are really, really good for uh, just showing people like, here's something we want you to feel. And that really, when you're thinking about that type of content, I would really think about what do we want them to feel when they're here about certain topics, about things that are important that we can really affect change for. Um, Really focus in on like, could this be shared with someone? Hmm. Like creating something that's inspiring, but that they would want to share with others as well. Um, that could in fact change somewhere else. I yeah, that, that's good. I think that's healthy. Um, so I want to wrap up pretty quick. So we're going to blow through some of these. Uh, representative is one that you really need to think about. Is this a shareable invite? Is a shareable invite to follow us? Which I, I never see churches make stuff that people can share that ask them to follow us on Instagram. Do you like that? I don't, I don't think you should do it directly. 
but I think yeah. there's a way you can do it. Like, um, our church is going to be doing some thing on Instagram or whatever, follow to, to stay in touch with them, things like that. You can ask for to to something specific, but just asking for a general, like, Hey, follow my church. They're awesome. That's probably not going to be successful. It's not going to work. Um, it's really good to say our church is doing this thing. And honestly, in the representative part, anytime you do a, a mission trip, a service project, you give money to someone, document that and share it because that's this type of post. It represents who you want to be as a church and who they want to be as a person. Uh, what does a Christ follower look like at our church? Mm-hmm. You want to show that because they want to share it and say, this is what we're about. That's a good content. And generosity that people are giving to you, they're giving through you. And so they were a part of that. Yeah. And they're proud of it, right? Yes. Oh, like I'm good. proud to be a part of this part of my church and mm-hmm. they're going to yep. talk. And and that's good to connect those dots too. It's like, you're part of it. This is what yeah. you've done. And that is so powerful because it represents like I'm giving money every week and here's what it's going towards. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those types of posts are, are really good. When you see your church behaving in a way that you want, you want people to know about, you know, cause you, we know what it feels, what uh, the world thinks about us. It's pretty obvious. We can watch, turn on the news, turn on TV, watch movies. We know what they think about us. And so anything that can correct that most of the time is is helpful to put out there. And so when we see the church behaving in a way, and it's like one of these things where, did you know that the church in general is responsible for most of the of the relief aid that happens in the world? No. I mean, we're responsible for that. Christian organizations, Christian nonprofits, and Christian churches are giving more money and more time and more manpower to relief aid for disasters, relief aid for epidemics, et cetera, than any other organization is in the, in the whole world. But people don't, wow. people don't know that, you yeah, know, people don't that's get that. super cool. It, it, it's, we're doing our job. That's what we're called to do. And Does so it, anytime you get to show people that change that narrative, that's awesome. Yeah. They will share it. Anyway, last one is connective. This, these are your announcements. We have no problem figuring out how to do this, except <laughs> we could do it better. Um, I, I say we don't have a problem figuring out. We don't have a problem posting these. Um, we have yeah. a problem posting good, good versions of this. Yeah. Um, we essentially, the goal is we want people to find other people like themselves that they like, uh, small groups, connections, etc. And social media can be a way we can find those people. And Instagram is one of those things too. It's a little harder on Instagram. So maybe this is one where you'd really drive people to the link to find their small group, find their, um, you know, find the Facebook groups that you have, uh, something like that. But Instagram is unlocking a lot of new features that are kind of in the DM, kind of in the one-to-one type conversations. That, Which we can DM on desktop now. Yeah, we can. That's, uh-huh. Some of the older uh, social media managers who really struggle with work, working on the phone. Uh, that's a big, that's a big plus. If you've got your whole like setup of monitoring everything, except this one app that's all mobile. Now you can do that on desktop as well. That's really nice. Um, but posts that help people find connections. Uh, these are announcements, but it's, it's not good to just give information. Right. Typically they have the information already. And if they don't, they just, they don't want to learn about it right now. 
they're not paying attention to it, right? That's yeah. a whole like it's been in the bulletin for three weeks and the announcements and on social media, and they're yeah. like, what time is it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like they they got it. They don't need to know all of it. They don't need to memorize it. They just need to know where to go to get it if they need it, and and, and or be reminded of it, and be reminded to go get it. Yeah, and that's fine. But how we talk about announcements, um, gosh, is it's the easiest post to make in the worst way. And that's a a great way to say that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's so easy to go. What do we post today? I think this is why we do it is because we don't have a strategy and we're always, and we're asking the question, what do we post today? I don't know. Well, let's just figure out what's going on around here and tell people about it. That's super easy. Uh, Tough love time. I think that's lazy, but I think that there's a way to talk about those things when we do need to talk about them. That is more powerful. And I think that if you can somehow work connective posts into one of the other four, you're doing better. Mm. If you can nest connective posts under inspiring, representative, entertaining uh, questions and polls, that's better. So you do that first and then ask them to go somewhere to figure it out, to sign up, to do things. That's great. Um, I was thinking too, that's a great opportunity for, to equip people to invite yeah. Like if you do that well, it's a great opportunity to do behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So like getting set up or Yes. Hey, we just went out and got all the things for such and such. Or like a funny picture of like if you're doing a barbecue, a funny picture of like someone Yeah. you know, surrounded by hot dog buns, packages of hot dog buns, you know, mm-hmm. like just and, goofy. And we need to understand that showing that is an invite. Without that having to say, invite. you should come. That is an invite. And, and FOMO is an invite, right? Yes. If you can make people feel like they're missing out, that's fear of missing out if you didn't know that FOMO. If you feel like they're missing something, you have thus invited them. You have connected them. You have you given have- them a reason to figure it out. Yeah, that's way better than a graphic that says date and time. Right. It's like... We're getting set up for the hot dog eating contest where all of our pastors will compete for a donation to the favorite charity, whatever. I don't know. But showing it set up is like, oh my gosh, are they seriously doing that? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go to that. Link in bio. Eating with a plate full of hot dogs the day before to practice. Yes. Yes. It's like that type of post is an announcement post, but it's fun. It shows your personality it could be a question it could be representative they might want to share it it's all those things you nest those connections under these other posts so really there's four types of posts but there's five that you know total but it's really four you nest that fifth one under the other four and you're doing it better if you just go for the flat hey we're doing a thing we should we think you should show up and here's the time here's the website you can do that and there will be some return on investment there but it will be so much more powerful to work those things into the other types of posts, I think. So just a way to do it. I think that could help us do that a little better. All right. So that's the five types of of Instagram posts that are engaging. I know we've talked about a ton. It's been a very long podcast, but I think it's been very fun. Very good. Yeah. We had a lot of, a lot of back and forth. Yeah. This is good. So you can go get the show notes for this at sethmuse.com slash 121 and pick up some of the uh, links and things that we talked about uh, in this episode and also find the Insta Summit and how to sign up for that 
etc etc um it will be a great conference i hope you go check that out and if that has passed you can still go to the instasummit.com and pick up the later pass which will allow you to stream the whole thing anytime you like it's only 97 bucks not not a ton out of the church old church budget there but uh, go check it out and you can still get it uh, even after the conference has passed so go check that out and uh, just start getting I like to say get insta good at Instagram so, what a, what a good tagline snazzy. get insta good at Instagram yeah uh, I use that for my show that I do every Thursday at 215 Eastern in the church communications Facebook group it is all about Instagram and so I'd love for you guys to watch me there. Anywho, that is all I got for today, Megan. Thanks for a great episode. This is really, really fun. And as we continue to talk, the week of the Insta Summit, the April 27th, I think we're going every other week anyway now on the podcast for a while, but uh, we won't have anything that week. But the next week back, when we come back, we'll do some highlights from that Insta Summit and maybe even play a few little audio clips for you. Of some of the most important things that we heard. Anywho, thank you guys for listening. Go to sethnews.com slash 121 to get the show notes. And this has been the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I was Seth. That was Megan. And thank you guys for listening. See you.